1: I'm not sure I'm ready. Though I'd asked him to come in me many times, something has changed in these past few days. His eyes, once bright and sparkly, now seem to hold a mystery I'm not sure I wish to solve. When he ejaculates, I feel robbed. Robbed of this moment. A moment I'd imagined together we would invite the soul to enter my body, starting the process that might one day fill my bosom with milk to replenish a baby's growth spurts. I doubted it was the right time anymore, but also felt now as though he'd taken the choice of conscious imitation away from me. He didn't have my consent. Not this time. Perhaps that's why I terminated our pregnancy. The first step was taken without me. Two months later, it is the weekend of my first ever 10k run. I begin training while traveling in Germany well before I get pregnant. The event is taking place at the Toronto Zoo. I hold my belly saying to my unborn fetus, this is for you, Michaela. You and mummy are going to do this together, not fast, not hard, but free. And with a smile on our faces, this will be an example of what you and I can do together. Your father's here. And in this moment, we are so happy, happy and excited for you to arrive. The gun goes and we take our first step together, from the back of the heap of slower-paced folks. I'm using my yoga-breathing techniques to curve around corners, waving at the giraffes, glancing at the cheetahs in wonderment, with inspiration, and knowing full well our stride is much more like the penguins. But you and I, Michaela, we're doing this together. One month later, holding the finisher's medal in my hand, I am weary. I'm not sure we'll complete this race with your dad. I leave to stay with an ex and then my stepsister. I climb a tree in her backyard, two and a half months full of you, trying to coax her scared cat down. The following morning, I hear a voice in my head through hot cheeks and furrowed brow, I've not slept well. You should have an abortion. No, I think in counter to that thought. But after breakfast, some part of me knows the race we began together will not be completed. If I could, Michaela,
0: I'd keep on running. I am super pumped for this podcast. Um, I think that there's some magic about to unfold because Grace and I have many layers of interaction with each other. Actually, um, they have traveled in multiple places geographically since we've met Mm. um and we have all these like intertwining stories um from places they've been projects they've worked on degrees i feel like have you maybe like completed multiple certifications and degrees since we met (laughs) uh
1: not degree specifically, but qualifications and and a professional uh, diploma. And yeah, there's been a lot of courses over the time that I've known you. Yes,
0: yes. So anyway, all that to say, I'm excited for what will unfold in this podcast, um, because it's been a bit of a long time in the making. When we first met, Um, Grace sent me early on, I think, in our having met each other. Grace sent me like a few audios of Mm -hmm. things that they had written and recorded Mm -hmm. and I was deeply moved and thought someday your presence will be on the podcast and today Mm -hmm. is that someday. (laughs) So welcome. I I will let you introduce yourself from here and then we'll just start start chatting.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I want to name initially just what a genuine privilege it is to be here in conversation with you and that it has been uh, each time we've linked up. Uh, I'm Grace Kaya. My pronouns are they, them. I don't mind a bit of she. I'm still transitioning within my emotional bodied self. I'm a female bodied person and okay with the car. I drive my soul in, but uh, I know I'm more than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. I... I'm a person who's had abortions. I'm a person who's made art about having abortions. I'm a person who's written a thesis on the efficacy of yoga therapy for people who have had an elective abortion. And I found you in my research while I was working on my thesis, about 10 years after my second termination. And at first I looked at your website and thought, where have you been the last 10 years? I need you in my life. I want to talk to you um, surrounding my paper. But I knew that I also felt there were places in me that could use some more healing and some more tweaking around my own experiences. So I got to work with you um, around my own personal stories and let that also seep its way into my research. Thank Mm. you for
0: existing in the world. I'm so grateful. I think, were you in the UK? I mean, I don't know if that matters, but for me, you were one of the first clients I felt like I really connected with overseas. And that was like, that was a pivotal moment for me to be like, wait a second. (laughs) We live in a time where this person So many, many miles away from me can find my work and then we can find our way to the internet, which allows us to see each other and hear each other and heal together and make a bigger difference in the world. And that just like now that feels like not a big deal because I was actually looking at my podcast like analytics yesterday and like all the little highlighted areas where people listen all over the world. Mm-hmm. But a year and a half ago that was pretty transformational for me. I I remember I remember that being a big deal that we could find each other so far away. And so there's the distance piece of that but then there's also like you said 10 years after your second termination like time and space like kind of get a little twisty when we're talking about healing and it doesn't have to matter anymore Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like happens where and when it's meant to happen absolutely and and the layered effect
1: in which it happens i had done so much uh, personal work uh bodily and spiritually and emotionally and uh but there was more there was more to do and and as i was diving into my research i was like oh okay just where there are still some tight places or sticky places uh so yeah the healing happens through time and space across the world And just what a blessing opportunity to be able to talk about it openly and honestly and Mm. be held, be held within that space. Yeah. Mm. Amazing.
0: I love it. I love that you're here. So I'm going to let you, um, go ahead and like dive in wherever you want to start. Mm. Um, sharing your healing, your growth, your story, your projects. Um, And it's going to turn into something amazing for our listeners. Fantastic. My my heart just kind
1: of skipped a beat in that moment when you say listeners, because I forget that this isn't just about you and I have a conversation. (laughs) This is about a sharing. And my intention for that is I hope that any little piece of my story or our conversation might just shine a light on someone who's either thinking about their abortion uh, about to have one um or people that have stickiness around their abortions still Mm -hmm. that this might just shine a little bit of light you're not alone that would be my hope for this and i want to also name that as someone who identifies on a fluid gender spectrum uh, and as an artist I've also had multiple name changes I believe that my thoughts and my opinions and beliefs may change even by the time someone listens to this Mm -hmm. recording Mm -hmm. I gift myself (laughs) that space and the respect to change my perspective and that is part of being an evolving human being my perspective about abortion before I had one before I had two changed when I had them and then has changed over the years, and I'm sure it will continue to evolve. So I yeah, don't feel stuck to what it is I share. I want to name that I had uh, two DNCs that prior to having abortions, I felt that it was the right of the individual uh, that they could have one if they wanted and or needed to, but I never thought I would have one Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: I wanted to have a baby. I believed in my mind ever since I was a little person that I wanted to have a baby. Now, in retrospect, maybe I wanted a doll that I could hold on to and that (laughs) seemed like fun. Maybe that That stuck, I'm not sure. Uh, But my decisions were very complicated and complex as they can be, the emotions surrounding them were. I uh, became pregnant accidentally the first time with someone I then was no longer with. I found out I was pregnant and I was so excited. I Mm -hmm. loved my baby instantly Mm -hmm. and so to then come to a place where I decided I didn't have the resources mentally, emotionally, physically for myself or from the ex or my family to go ahead and have the child um, was extraordinarily difficult Mm -hmm. and two years later my uh, decision came after an intentional desire to get pregnant with my partner at the time. And then circumstances uh, were such that it wasn't the right time, place, sequence. We didn't have the resources. It wasn't the right relationship. I'm not going to go into lots of detail around that. My art goes into detail around that. And that's what I'm more interested in maybe sharing about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also want to say that I made a decision. I was deeply into meditation at the time. I was practicing yoga and I made a decision to have both of my terminations without freezing, anesthetic, anything at all. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend that, but that was a big part of my personal practice. The first time I decided to do it that way, because in my mind I was going to have a natural birth and I felt like I wanted to be fully present Mm -hmm. for every sensation of the the death birthing, the transition Mm -hmm. that was happening. And the second time I made the same decision, But I think it was more of Mm self-punishment. I think I felt so bad that I just felt like you have to feel every part of this. Uh, Mm. It it was absolutely excruciating. I just Mm. want to be honest about that. But all these years later, I know the ins and outs of every part, every step of my decision-making process, of the surgeries themselves, of my healing process. I felt all of it. Mm -hmm. And that influenced my art. I just wanted to acknowledge that.
0: Um, I'm going to get your art now and think, like, had I not been through it the way I chose to go through it, this art wouldn't look this way. Like, this project wouldn't look this way. Like,
1: it's a wild
0: thing to think about.
1: I think to go even further, my life wouldn't look this way.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I... I savor the moments of being present with my life experience and my body sensory experience. I'm also um, a rape survivor and uh, recovered and thrive post ongoing childhood sexual abuse. So I've had this very interesting relationship with what happens in my body and my womb Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. well. And I survived all of it. So I felt like I could also be with that as well. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. It's such a, um, I, I am finishing up listening to Chanel Miller's book. Do you know her book, Know My Name?
1: I don't know. It'd be
0: really interesting for you to look at or to, to listen to if, when when and if it feels right. Um, but all these experiences you've had, of course, we wouldn't wish them on anyone. Of mm-hmm. course, they're tragic and traumatic and dark. And they've allowed you to create things in the world that change how it functions, that change the way people think, (laughs) that change. Yeah, go ahead. I would
1: challenge that to say not that they've allowed me, but I made the decision to yeah. turn oh, so shit good. into manure <laughs> to make something. So one of the uh, big oh, pieces God. of art that came from this was my Water Lily project. And mm-hmm. that didn't come from my abortions, but one of the short music films, I created 20 short music films with 135 people getting everyone to volunteer myself included mm-hmm. to make 20 short feminist hip-hop music films that we then screened and a hundred percent of the proceeds went to the Sheffield Rape and Sexual Assault Center based mm-hmm. in the UK and the catchphrase for that was turning traumas into triumphs mm-hmm. and I so I would say the work that you inspire people to do is live the life they made their choices for and not only turn their trauma into triumph, but just know that triumph is an option. And if yeah. we're going to have traumas, we might as well do something with them. That's, that's the type of artist I've been in my life.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like turning shit into manure, <laughs> into art, yes. um, into triumph. And what I love the most is like just, we, we need to acknowledge that it is shit. It just yeah. is like I'm pretending it's like, oh, this is how it was meant to be. This is, you know, what my fate was or my destiny was, or like what it it's like, no, it was shit. And mm. and yes. now what? And, and and yeah. And yes. Okay. I can't remember where I interrupted you, but it felt important
1: when I did. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I wanted that's actually inspired me to just think about one of the biggest gifts I got from our work together yeah. that I hadn't I hadn't faced or received or allowed yet was the idea. Up to the point of our work, I often thought of my abortions as a choiceless choice. Mm
0: -hmm. I didn't want them. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have
1: my babies but I wanted a better life for my unborn children than I personally was capable of providing. I was also head injured. I'd had two head injuries from a professional dance career. I'd been a professional dancer for 13 years, a circus artist. And I was still recovering from my head injuries and not having family support or extended support around me when I got pregnant on top of that. And so part of our work, you really challenged me to go, was it a choiceless choice? Mm -hmm. It might have been a choice that felt horrendous and not one I wanted to make, but I did still make it. Mm -hmm. And how lucky I was in retrospect to have a safe, legal, free Mm -hmm. option under the circumstances. I couldn't have been the parent I would want to be given my external circumstances or my neurological circumstances. I'm happy to say 10 years later, I have completely healed from my head injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, I got note of that about a year and a half ago almost two years ago um, with a brain scan and, and just the way I've been able to live my life. But at the time, I was dealing with that too, so. um and- Even that
0: healing, yeah. which like a, a scan shows to be physical healing. That's right. Was turning trauma into triumph. Like, you did that. Not everyone, like, not everyone has that story. Like, that physical healing was deeply connected to emotional healing. Mm. It's a big deal. It's
1: a big deal. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thanks for (laughs) acknowledging that for me. I appreciate it. I can skid past sometimes, but it was healing from my decision to have an abortion, to have two abortions, um, and for not being able to do what I thought I should be able to do at the time took a long time, and so did the... um, the head injuries but I'm here now and so mm-hmm. highlighting that yes, <laughs> in terms of like the art that has come on the other side the water lily project one of the films was dedicated to a blend of the experiences I had with my two abortions mm-hmm. and there is music around it and there is movement that happens in it that permission to be able to name it out loud in a in a wider context Mm -hmm. was freeing to be able to fight the undercurrent of stigma and judgment that I was certain Mm -hmm. everybody around the world would have about me was a big step in my healing and then two a year later when I decided that my thesis for my yoga therapy three-year diploma training that I was on would be around the efficacy of yoga therapy for people who've had an abortion I started to realize how common it was. To that point, I didn't realize how many people in the world, women, non-binary and trans men, have abortions. Like I was not nearly as alone as I'd thought Mm -hmm. all of those years. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that was like, holy, can I swear? Oh yeah, for sure. Holy (laughs) fuck, like just like this, there's nothing to be ashamed about. I had already punished myself enough. Uh, I shouldn't have punished myself in the first place. That's how I feel now. We make decisions based off of circumstances. And how can I serve the world if I'm miserable and feel like a piece of shit? I can't be of service in the world and I want to be of service in the world. Mm -hmm. So working that out so that I can be a better person or I can feel better on the other side is gonna be a benefit to the whole. And that was the focus of my thesis. How can I, I'm not interested in the debate about who should, yeah. who shouldn't, what did it? I'm not fucking interested. I care about people who have gone through something difficult. And how do I, through that work, how do I support them to be on the other side and be able to feel the ground again and be the light that all of you who have mm-hmm. had them actually are. Mm-hmm. That was the focus of that research.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love, I want to ask you about the word, the undercurrent of stigma Mm. and judgment. That word really stuck out to me. Um, I I don't know. I think the word stuck out to me because it highlights how woven into the system the stigma and judgment is. Yes it's not obvious like Mm -hmm. even to me sometimes it's not obvious and I have to go like oh damn it like that was under there Mm -hmm. um so I'm not really sure what I'm saying here but that word you used really stuck out to me so maybe you have more to share about what that looks like for you Mm -hmm. that's where where
1: where where your work and your book um for me as as a particular resource really come in right there's the like if you're dealing with it being against the your family culture or your religious culture or your city or country culture to have an abortion you're dealing with that directly but then there's all of the messaging that we've received in that our bodies aren't our own bodies like and that not only are they not our own bodies but we don't have the efficacy to know that I can make good decisions for my body in the moment. Now, I'm not saying abortion is the right thing in every circumstance and that you should have to have them or that, you know, I think you shouldn't be forced to have an abortion and you shouldn't be sent to jail or discriminated for needing and or choosing to have an abortion. Like, it comes back to the right of an individual, in particular, female-bodied, trans men, non-binary people that are not just at the height of the patriarchal uh, pyramid that yeah. I have a wisdom and an understanding if given the appropriate supports, mm-hmm. right? So, Oh, part of that's re- so good. Yeah. Part of the reason abortions for me were so difficult to uh, mentally, emotionally heal from and to get the niggling undercurrents of stigma and judgment that I was carrying around all those years after was that I didn't have the support network to help me through them and, and be able to turn the shit into manure
0: so that I can make flowers on the other side. Mm. That's so, the words I wrote down were like, I have a wisdom to access if given the appropriate support. Like, cause I think some of us think Something must be wrong with me if I can't access that wisdom everyone tells me I have. Mm. It's like, no, <laughs> mm. you're just not held in a space that allows you to access that wisdom. Like, mm. and that is so much of the pain and sadness and darkness in the world right now is like, we don't have systems that Mm. hold all people for all their lived experiences in a supportive place where they can access their own wisdom Mm.
1: and i think i want to acknowledge that that's dominant white supremacist patriarchal culture because there are many cultures i'm i'm a white-bodied settler person living in tuckeranto toronto um turtle island canada uh with irish british german french and scandinavian um, dna lineage in my ancestry there are cultures that do exist and have exist that do that, that that's built into the circle of it so thank you
0: for for coming going there yeah, <laughs> yes because i like it's so yeah. easy for us to forget like
1: yeah that it's dominant culture at the yes. moment that is that is not fucking working yeah. uh, so how do we Within that, find the pockets. So I, mm-hmm. I heard a teacher once say um, that it's like the Petri dishes. And and I, just bringing it back to art and the work that I did with you and what became a play about abortion that I produced this year, a one-person, two-hour, multidisciplinary, circus, aerial, dance, storytelling, and film play. show <laughs> Surrounding my experiences of pre- my two pregnancies and my two abortions because... Also, having abortions, I didn't often get to discuss the pregnancy part of it. I had a lot of joy in my short-term pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I have a deep connection to the spirit children. That's how I relate to them, and and it's completely fine if that's not how someone relates to their their pregnancies or their terminations, but that's what resonated for me. So my stories were about what led me to and through my two pregnancies and two abortions. What got me there while writing the thesis, I had this impulse as a creative writer to write short stories about that. I started my work with you and I was like dealing with the pain and and some of the the shame that I still held around that. My short stories after I finished my thesis became a section of a manuscript that I completed uh, last (laughs) autumn. I mean just the creativity was just gushing out of me um, painfully so. And I was working on, a, I'd come back to Canada for the first time in five years, working with a circus director to mount the Waterlily short music films with a live screening when there was still sort of lockdown situations happening here in Toronto for a small, intimate audience. I hadn't been on aerial hoop in 20 years. I hadn't been doing aerial since my head injuries, and she was like, "Get on the hoop. You could do a routine." I put a routine on that went with those films, and we had a conversation that became a joke about how. And her name's Angola Murdoch. She's an amazing aerialist, um, circus director. Does a lot of social circus in Canada, working with all types of different groups, using circus to uplift. Uh, she said. I said, if you and I started a company, we we would. What did I say? Oh gosh, I can't remember the exact story. But she said, why don't? What if you made an aerial piece about abortion? As I was sitting on the hoop working on this piece for this film thing, and I laughed, and then within two minutes I went, "Fuck, I have to make an aerial piece
0: about abortion." <laughs> abortion. I actually remember where I was in the car when I listened to your message, and you were like, "I think I have to do something," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I think you do." <laughs>
1: oh
0: well when i went back
1: to my manuscript and i looked at these stories i thought oh gosh i already have a script i've got these 12 stories embedded in this manuscript and goal and i started kind of biting through them um and i ended up doing hammock instead of hoop Mm -hmm. and we put together this two-hour ceremonial performance i want to acknowledge angola murdoch haley landry and josie parisi who helped with that production and in march It happened. The stories were told, it was presented. And it was one of the most powerful experiences I've had to name the stories, not just to you or to a therapist or close friends, but to say them out loud in a creative context Mm -hmm. and start the show by saying, I want you to know that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I have healed. I have survived. I have grieved. I have surrendered and I've celebrated my two pregnancies and two abortions to start with the fact that I'm okay and now I'm going to tell you the beautiful, the gritty, the lost, the love, the acceptance stories
0: Mm -hmm. felt
1: amazing.
0: Mm. 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 It is amazing. Um, I love the way you, when you were talking a few minutes ago about the short stories coming out of you, and you you said the words like creativity rushing out of me painfully so and like that is birth right Mm. and i say all the time like we our abortions don't birth babies but they birth something like yes they birth those projects they birth the you who created those projects they birth the connections you've made with these amazing people you've acknowledged like of course it was painfully so it was Mm. the birth of something Mm. um and so i just think that's an important acknowledgement that like these beautiful creative projects like don't always feel good in the making (laughs) even when they're coming through so clear it's like it's a big deal to let that kind of work
1: come through you And what you just said about it, not always feeling good, just because something doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Exactly. And I've, I've read that yeah. through, I think passages in your book as well. There was something yeah. that highlighted, you know, just because it, I, I can't remember the exact words, uncomfortable or painful doesn't mean that the abortion wasn't the right thing to do in that time, yeah. in that yeah. space. And that is life. Yeah. <laughs> life is yeah. not always exactly. feel good. Yeah. 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 I didn't name this, but I want to also say that the Water Lily Project ended up being something that me and the father of my second unborn helped work on. Mm -hmm. And there was an element of he and I getting to birth a creative child Mm -hmm. together years after we'd split up, years after we'd moved through the drama and the pain of multiple parts of our relationship, that we actually got to to be in co-creativity in that way. And I think even though he and I presently actually aren't in contact, we we did the full circle Mm. and it's ended for me in a really peaceful closing of that.
0: Beautiful. Mm. Mm. Love it.
1: There is one other person I want to also acknowledge. Her name is Tracy Aaron Smith. She does solo theater, S-O-U-L-O, solo. Mm -hmm. And some of the short stories came while I was working on some creative writing with her too. Name the names of the people that help. That's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, I love that. And also just you pointing out all these pieces is a good reminder to people that it's not all in one place. Like your healing is not all in one place. It's not all in one person. It's not all in one project, all in one space. It's like all these things have made grace, grace, like Mm -hmm. All these things. And so I used to say a lot more on my podcast than I do now. Like, if there's one thing I want you to take away from listening to my work, following my work, it's like, just keep looking. Keep looking for all your people, all your places, all your things that help you heal and birth a new you, a new project, whatever. An ex-baby. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you're meant to, to find because of your experiences. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: We need each other. We need our extended tribe, our soul family, our blood family, if we have access to that. But if we don't, there are resources out there. You just got to keep looking. I intend at some point, I'm looking at remounting my play, making a digital version. That might become a resource at some point that uh, I can share as an additional thing. One thing I haven't done on this podcast yet is acknowledge my unborns. And Mm. I want to do that.
0: Their names
1: are Michaela. And Tobias mm-hmm. I've had done a lot of personal ceremonial work with them directly,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I learned so much from my experiences yeah. of being with them in the brief way that we were together, and then the long-term way
0: outside of my body. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you? Can I ask you some more questions about? That? Please, yeah. What do you remember the transition of? like allowing yourself to acknowledge them and connect with them. Like, cause I know that is a really scary thing for a lot of people is to make those connections. And again, I don't think everyone's meant to make those connections, but for people who want it, like they want to honor, to name, to create some kind of ceremony, to create ongoing connection to that spirit, whatever it is, like, you remember what it felt like to, to embrace that connection before Mm. you had fully embraced it? (laughs) Mm.
1: The moment I found out I was pregnant with Tobias, I made a video instantly saying, I'm so happy you're coming. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I love you immediately. And I was just like, boom, this is my life. And so uh, when I needed to make the decision, I say needed because I needed to. it's funny to say that word. But I don't know why there's something sticky around that for me a bit still, but I needed to. Uh, being able to feel like I, I was okay with myself and that I was allowed to stay in ongoing connection, that was that was a challenging piece for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I I walk with spirit and source and again, like I said at the beginning, my perspectives and opinions about all things change and evolve. Um, but I felt like I was getting a lot of signs of connection to him. Yeah. And even knowing that it was a boy, or you know, I as a non binary person, I decided there was a gender, <laughs> that yeah. there was a boy, yeah. and that there was a girl the second time. Yeah. Um I felt like he was letting me know he was nearby. Yeah. And with Michaela, I think pretty similar I felt the connection because I both times I wanted to be pregnant it was how do I make peace with them after I'm not going to give birth to them after I made that choice that took time yeah what um
0: I guess I mean the question I want to ask is really simple but like what what helped you do that what helped you make peace with that like what with the decision someone who's like I want no for like keeping that connection and Uh, like um, what
1: that's such a big question for me what helped me it felt like because I don't feel that we are our bodies mm -hmm. I feel that we move in our bodies but we aren't our Mm -hmm. bodies they already existed to me outside of their body, outside yeah. of their time. Yeah. So I was like, you, you're you already a thing. You're already mm-hmm. an entity. You're mm-hmm. already that. So I <laughs> love the line from, um, uh, is it Paulo Coelho? No, not Paulo Coelho. Um, uh, the, not the alchemist, the prophet. Our children come through us, but not for us. Mm-hmm. So that that was a strong held belief I had already was like, are you coming through me? I don't know. If
0: you're not, then you must know what you're up to as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was really important for me in my healing too. I feel like I asked you the question because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But what I I kept hearing is they listened, they listened, they listened. Like Grace listened. And that is how those connections were allowed to be. Mm. Like, so again, I don't know if you listened, but like that's what I keep hearing when I hear you talk about is like, the art projects coming through you, the connection to spirit, there's a deep listening in you that allows the healing to take place.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I am so okay if it's just my imagination. Yeah, I, we like talked I'm, about that a lot. I'm, completely, I'm <laughs> yeah. completely comfortable with if this is real or not real. If I figure if anything makes you feel better and you're not hurting anybody... Who cares? Exactly. But for me, this has felt true. And I had this amazing experience um, when I finished my thesis and I was living with my dad in the pandemic in the UK. I was helping to support him. He was diagnosed with um, early onset Alzheimer's, unfortunately. But I asked if he would make a cake at the 10 year anniversary of uh, my termination of the second unborn. And together we celebrated both of the children. And I asked if he would say a prayer and we'd never had an experience like that before i didn't know where my dad was most of my life he wasn't around when i was pregnant or had my terminations and he did and and he offered a release and a freeing disconnection and actually i Ooh. felt me for those 10 and 12 years and now they're gone i feel like i could tap into them and communicate with them if i wanted or needed to but we freed each other yeah that, that's the sense i have so whether that again is a story as an artist i allow totally. myself to have stories
0: yeah it, yeah. it feels better. It feels better to know that those are options. Right? Mm-hmm. I think you're touching on something really important too. When we're inviting this connection with spirit is like, again, our whatever we believe, whether it's made up or real, I'm just saying the words that feel right to me, but it's like there's the connection that's a holding on a not letting go like i need you to be here Mm. so i can be okay that is not healing (laughs) Mm. and then there's the connection to spirit and the tapping in that's like i acknowledge you're here
1: Mm.
0: and i'm okay with whatever way you want to come in and out like Mm. I think it's a big difference that I think it's important to note.
1: Yes. And would you not say I imagine of your living children that when they go yes. to college? Great you're example.
0: Gonna, you're still gonna <laughs> have
1: to do that. We just <laughs> might need to do it earlier on, or we have the option to do it earlier because we're not yes. continuing to raise them in physical yes. form.
0: And we see I, that in parenting a lot, right? We see parents who who like live so attached to their children that it's it's not healthy. Um, like it is an unhealthy attachment and clinging and, um, and a lot of pressure on the child to yes. need to maintain that connection for the parent to be okay, the guardian to be okay. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I love that you're like, it's no different than, than parenting humans. I'm like, yeah, you're right. it's exactly the same.
1: <laughs> I had the real privilege of getting to be, a uh... A part-time I would say step parent for three years with his mm-hmm. fiance's kids. and when he and I split up, I also had to let go of them and the uh, the, the family unit and and who I was as a as a parent, as a step parent, as a supportive co-parenting person in the pockets that I was given that privilege. Yeah. and so it we can't live for other people and they can't live for us. But we are intertwined and we need each other. So mm-hmm. there's a dance. There's a, a dance of that, whether the, the children are living or in spirit.
0: Yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> OK, well, Grace um, gave me a little sneak peek of the notes she brought to this call or they brought to this call. And I... Thanks for the question. Anything... <laughs> yeah, you <back. laughs>
1: I present and... quite female body, so I, I, I get the slip. It's totally fine. Yeah,
0: and this transition, like, is happening in our relationship, too. Like, when I met you, your identification was she. And so I, I think it, that's it wasn't,
1: like... it wasn't actually, but I hadn't yet had oh, the confidence to say, to say consistently Love to people that. I didn't know... Cl- in a more intimate setting I didn't want to put the expectation because actually I don't really care what anybody else thinks I know who I am I know what I am and if it was going to cause more discord in the relationship or an explanation I wasn't bothered about it I'm like yeah because I've had multiple first name changes too I'm like I'm (laughs) singing to me regardless of what name you think I should have
0: yeah (laughs) Well, this is like a, an acknowledged weakness of mine. Like gender fluidity is like, I, st- my kids correct me all the time, all the time. So why would it be any different? But anyway, um, Grace showed me this amazing page of notes that they wrote before the call. So my question to you, is there anything you haven't? Um, shared with us from your notes that you want to share with us.
1: <laughs> mm, thank you for asking. I'm having a quick little glance over. Um, I, this isn't really a super pertinent piece, but I want to say that the the short music film is called Written with the Womb, and the play that I've written has the same name, but the content is quite different. Mm. Um, and But the name just feels like a good... Uh, umbrella to what that body of work is for me yeah and i look forward to sharing it with whomever's interested when they're interested the, the website for the water lily project all the films
0: are free is waterlilymusic.com mm-hmm. and where else can people who um so i'll, I'll link to these things but people who have felt like they have resonated with your with you As a human, with your energy, with your projects, have more curiosity, want to see the expression of your work, obviously the Water Lily Project, where else can people connect to you or learn more about you or this part's up to you, reach out to you. (laughs) Yeah, sure.
1: It's uh, online. think that's what my website is and I say I think that's what my website is I've decided to be off of all social media I Mm -hmm. do um, cherish my not so much anonymity but I am uh, an introvert who makes extroverted art Um, so (laughs) yeah gracekaya.online
0: I think that's my website. That's hilarious. Okay, it's not. then we will figure it out <laughs> and we will link to it and then people will find your projects. Awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, before we go, I just want to again say I think you are a light and I am so grateful to have cross paths with you and your thought forms. You gifted me ways of looking at things that were so counter to the wider culture of what you should think and feel about having an abortion, that it just, it really freed areas of me that were stuck. And I'm yeah. I'm so tremendously grateful. So thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm so glad that we've met and connected and there is more coming, I'm sure. So <laughs> we'll see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh my gosh, you know what I oh. forgot to say? I, I was like, there's something else. I don't know what it is. It wasn't mine. It was yours. <laughs> I don't know how
1: I didn't name this. In my play, you gave me the permission to take chunks of your book and mm-hmm. integrate it into my play. How could I not say that? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the places that we were in co-creativity where you didn't, um, you didn't decide what chunks, but I linked passages from your book to the short stories and to the monologues that were written as these little love notes and pockets of fresh air in between Mm -hmm. what my journey
0: was so Mm. pockets of fresh air like to have your words described as pockets of fresh air that's pretty pretty special (laughs) (laughs) i remember you saying to me um i i I don't know how you worded it but like do you want to pick out some passages to mm. use. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is your art, your project. I've put it into the world publicly and you have my full permission to integrate it as it feels right for you. Because how could I possibly choose what feels right for you?
1: Mm. That's what makes you such a fantastic abortion life coach. Oh, how how you. could you possibly know what's right for somebody else? I mean, that in a nutshell. To me is the only real conversation to have around some have with someone who has had or is needing to make the decision to have one
0: yeah yeah thank you thank you thanks bud okay i'm so glad we did this like like we said it was a long time coming and as you kept talking and you shared little pieces of your like your story or your project or like places oh yeah and then I remember that now and I remember that now and like (laughs) it really has been a fun and interesting journey so okay and that is the close thank you thank you thank you